0: And we are going. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by Generous United. Generous United, they are headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada. Their mission is to make sure prescription drugs are more affordable. Generous United is doing some great things right now with companies in Nova Scotia that are having trouble uh, I guess you could say, affording health care for their employees. We're very fortunate to have a company like Generous United right here in our backyard in Atlantic Canada to allow Nova Scotians to live a healthier life. Check out generousunited.ca, that's G-E-N-R-U-S, united.ca, and see if they have any services that can help you or a loved one, family member, doesn't matter who, we can all benefit from the services that Generous United is giving us here in Atlantic Canada, making sure that prescription drugs are more affordable so you can stay healthy. Right now, we all know the pandemic is going on. We're almost out of it. We're almost clear. We're almost good to go, but we could all use a little boost in the financial world. We could all, you know, there's no lie. There's some people making less money right now, but that doesn't mean you have to suffer, okay? Okay generousunited.ca. That's G-E-N-R-U-S united.ca. Head on over to their website right now and check out to see if they have any services that they can help you with. Thank you, Generous United. Uh, Today's episode is also brought to you by Osprey Ridge Golf Course. Only 45 minutes to an hour outside of the city. Whenever you have a company that is family owned, what does that tell you? That tells you quality. That tells you they take pride in ownership. Every time I go there, the fairways are beautiful. The greens, well, I still three-putt, but the greens are still in great pace. Okay, it's a Graham Cook-designed golf course. As soon as you're done, head up to the patio, brand-new, renovated patio, excuse me. Grab a couple cold ones. A couple nachos, some food, whatever you want to do to enjoy your experience. The patio looks out over half of the golf course, so you could look at people putt or you could look at people triple putt or one putt. I've never, that's kind of a rare thing in today's society, but if you get one putt, good for you. But you go up on the patio, you look at people putt off, and you enjoy your beer, you enjoy your nachos, whatever you want to get to enjoy your time at Osprey Ridge. We're pretty much there every weekend. Uh, we hope to see you there, and we hope to see you there a lot more this summer, Osprey Ridge. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Will Silver. If you don't know who Will is, head on over to Top of the Food Chain on Instagram and check out some of his videos. I couldn't even go into explanation on what I'm watching on some of these videos. It's absolutely insane what he's doing. Uh, it, it, it's insane what he, he does, I guess, with his balance. like He's able to jump on an exercise ball, shoot a free throw from half court, it's it, that, that, that's like that's not even the tip of the iceberg that's a, this guy is absolutely insane he he's passionate about training professional athletes and then average joe's just like you and I and we all know training can be training can't be that fun every now and then, and I think what Will likes to do is put a little spin onto it and make sure that the same exercise isn't being thrown into the rotation every day. He likes to mix up exercises and make sure that it stays fun for his clients. That's what I got out of this podcast. Um, It was a great episode. Will actually played basketball at St. Avex for five years, and he actually became uh, an all-star at the end of his career. At the beginning, he rode the bench, and we talked about the work ethic and things that he did in order to improve for for his, I guess you could say, later career in the AUS at St. FX. But it was cool just to see the little detail that went into his work ethic after practice, going into the gym after practice, not resting, staying disciplined with his diet and exercise. And, you know, maybe when you're in college, not a lot of people are doing that. Um, it was really cool to, to, to listen to Will and, and to see what kind of path he's on. The guy's only getting started in the training world, I think, and uh, he's actually trained some pretty big guys like Nate Darling here in the NBA, Charlotte, big dog. Anyways, great episode. I was so excited to talk to Will. Great episode. I hope you enjoy your Thursday. I'm Justin. We're talking to Will Silver. Here we go. You know what comes next. and will just like that the power of podcast we are going how are you i'm well how are you i'm doing very well thank you very much awesome. for coming i appreciate hey, this. no problem how, how was your morning i know i already asked you but you got to let the, the listeners know how was the morning
1: the morning was uh, fantastic yeah uh, started i uh, got up at 5 45 got to uh work set up boot camp i had a ladies boot camp at 7 a.m and then a co-ed class right after and then I just did a heavy sled push with the the sled out at work.
0: I was I was stalking your Instagram story yeah. this morning, so I was watching what you were doing all morning. <laughs> but I I didn't know you were running boot camps and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But hey, that's that's every, awesome. Every Sunday morning, so there is something about a Sunday morning workout that uh, sets a little bit of momentum into the week. A hundred percent. I it is.
1: It's uh it's interesting because I had a new uh, a few new people out today, and they said the same thing. They asked if I'd different classes and I said right now it's only Sunday mornings and I said you know what I actually like getting up having a reason to get up and then be productive all day yeah which makes a lot of sense
0: and it's funny as you get older you start to figure out little tricks within your body that set momentum throughout the week and some people it's diet some people it's exercise it doesn't really matter what it is but the more older I get the more I guess little tricks I find out within myself and you know it's that, that that's the cool thing about getting older you start to figure yourself out more and what works for you and you know trial and error yeah trial and error is definitely it's, a big one yeah um so I was talking to Flinner the other day we were playing golf a wicked recommendation like I said I okay. was looking at your uh Instagram and some of the things you were doing I I, I did a couple push-ups this morning I <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I haven't been to the gym in a bit I'm a big running guy like, I, I do a little home workout but some of the stuff that you're doing uh yeah. is I've never seen before I didn't know like you're you're doing bench press without a bench yeah like how where where do you
1: I don't know I just I always essentially the kind of the way it started was I played I played basketball when I started playing basketball I was like round grade nine um, and I was always smaller and I was always kind of on the outskirts of making teams through uh, high school at St. Pat's they were like you know they won three four years in a row uh and then St. Vex, who had just like won in the early 2000s back-to-back national championships. So when I went there in 2006, they were still like a powerhouse and I you know, I I was uh kind of like a walk-on. So the gym was like essential for me in terms of an athlete in improving um my performance. And then when I finished, I was still kind of into it and I've always just wanted to c- continually improve in some manner, like continually push my body to the limits. And so, like some of the stuff you see, those might not always be like part of my regular workout. Those might be like, okay, let me see, let me see where my training has taken me to see like what I can do, like connect my, you know, like be able to like do push like a rollout push up on the barbell. How That's can I how can I maintain tension from my feet to my hands? Like, is my training, you know, doing what it needs to do to be functionally as strong as I can possibly be? So it's just been a constant like all the time.
0: So it's not, it doesn't even really have to be like a, a, a you're doing bench without a bench. It's just little progress that you're looking for. You're, you're not looking to do these amazing videos. You're just looking for a little bit of little bit of progress and it doesn't matter what it is. It's,
1: it's weird. It kind of started with me being, I used to work out at SMU. Um,
0: I saw you took all the balls. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, so w- right before COVID initially, like the first COVID wave, uh, I was in there. With a buddy of mine, Marquise Carver, he played for the rain, uh, Hurricanes. I know Mark. I, yeah. know, I don't know him, but I've had yeah. a couple conversations with yeah. him. He's friends
0: with Tyler Scott. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's 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 like my brother to me. And uh, so he was working out with me, and I was like, I've always wanted to try this. I just want to jump on a stability ball in the gym and try to shoot a jump shot off it. And we like I started at the free throw line, and like moved back to the three point line. And this is like the last day. I hit like the shot, and I was like, all right, like I'm happy with that. And then it just keeps growing. It's like, well, if I can do it from three, let me try. Like the next time I got back in the gym, I was like, let me see if I can hit a half court shot from the ball. And then it just gradually, like me, continually to challenge, continuing to challenge myself physically to be like, all right, like why not try something harder? Why, like, why stop? Why get complacent? Because I find most people, might be not most people, but in terms of like fitness and stuff, people get are easily. Uh, complacent and and get happy or get content with where they're at you know what i mean rather than just like get uncomfortable push yourself like a little bit harder every time so that's essentially like how Hmm. those kind of videos happen a little bit
0: it's an interesting perspective the way you have it. Cause I'm guilty of just going, okay, I just want to get a little bit of a bigger chest, some nice yeah. arms, my back and yeah. you know, Christmas vacation rolls around. It's like, no, I'm good. You know, I look good in the sweater. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a break from the gym for a bit. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of people that have the similar mindset. I've never, I obviously, I, it's a thing, but I've never heard of a person coming into this podcast saying, no, I go to the gym not to look better. It's just to improve just a little bit from day to day. It's an interesting way you you word it.
1: hundred percent. I mean, you get the benefits too of looking good and, and feeling good too, right? Yeah. The more you, the more you push yourself. I was thinking the other day, I was like workouts need to be challenging. They need to be, they need to force some self doubt, some uncertainty so that when you get past those, you, f- you have a feeling of accomplishment. You have a feeling of achievement. You're not just kind of going through the motions and don't get me wrong. Like going to the gym or going for a ride or a run is better than doing nothing. But, to say that you're just doing it to do it, like how, how much effect is that really having on your mind and body? You know what I mean, you're getting the aspect of the, uh, like the activity, but if you're not challenging yourself, how much is your mental game really improving, like throughout life? Because mm. we face, you face doubt all the time, self doubt. Like I'm sure at times when you did your podcast, you're like, I don't know, man. Like it's not going, maybe it's not getting the traction I want it to get right now. Like how, you know what I mean? Mm. And I just find that when you challenge yourself, like physically, um, the mental side just comes right with it.
0: Well, it's easy. The mental side is easier, I find. Mm. The I don't think there's a I don't think there'll be anything harder than taking a seven mile run on a hot day in Halifax down to you know Dalplex and then back. That's yeah. that's so mentally straining. So by the time I come back here, I have to respond to a couple emails, edit a video, get a podcast, sit down with you. Dude, I'm laughing. It's nothing. It's, it's 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 nothing. So the the physical aspect definitely helps out the mental aspect, and it makes it a little bit more breezy, a little bit yep. more easy. You're not you're not thinking about the little things in life because you've already mastered that seven five mile run or gym in your case workouts. Hundred percent. Hundred
1: I like to run too.
0: Do you? Yeah, I
1: run a lot of five k's. Nothing really more. I used to run. Um, have you ever heard of the Rum Runners relay? No. It's a ten leg relay race to Lunenburg. Wow. With a like. It's a large, large running community and there's usually 70 plus teams, mm. probably like a thousand plus people involved. My parents, my stepdad and my mom put me in it. Um, so those would be the longest runs I've ever done. But right now I, I try to run like once a week, once or twice a week. During the pandemic, I did 14 straight day, fourteen straight 5Ks. That's awesome. Yeah. I love to run. Yeah, just like you said, battling yourself.
0: Yeah. You just a- want to quit the whole time. If you're pushing, Oh, the whole if time. <laughs> yeah, the when you whole... start, you're like, what am I doing? Oh, yeah, 100%. You're just like, what the fuck? Just go home. Lay on the bed. What are you doing right now? But the, the, I'm a big uh, cold shower guy. Okay. And I find okay. the, uh, it, like I love, like, I don't have a sauna. One day I will. But I love just getting hot, sweating, and then as soon as it's over, just jumping in a cold shower. To me, there's no better feeling. Well, there's a couple other better feelings, but yeah. that, that's top five. A cold shower after an extremely hot run yeah. and then maybe like a, a green smoothie. Yeah. You're, you feel like you're, uh, you don't feel human. You feel yeah. like you're a super, yeah. it's unbelievable 100%. The, the feeling you get. It's almost like when you get a bunch of likes on Instagram, what's that thing called? Uh, uh, uh um, Endor- like endorphins, endorphins or something like that. Okay. It's like the endorphins are just running through my body. I feel yeah. like I can do anything. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's my go-to. Yeah. I love doing I it. I
1: feel you on that. That's kind of like the sc- Scandinavian countries with like the hot. The yeah. Hot, right. Yeah.
0: Shocking your system a little bit. Uh, feel alive. Yeah. It's like a bathhouse. It's yeah. like you do the, you do the, the hot ass sauna and then yeah. you jump in the cold tub. Yeah. That's all me right there. Yeah. Um, Uh, most Canadians growing up play hockey. Mm -hmm. Did you play hockey or are you just pure basketball? So I
1: actually did play hockey. I played uh, when I was younger before I played basketball. So where, I grew up in the North End. It's kind of interesting because societal structures usually have like, you know, poverty area play cheaper sports. Basketball, minorities typically and uh, suburbia, um, higher socioeconomic status have the resources and it's traditionally been like a white sport almost. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I was the opposite for me. So when I was in the North End, we used to play street hockey all the time. Um, I used to play with a friend of mine lived on the same street. His name is Bradley Day. Okay. He played football at Mount A, okay. all Canadian, played two-ways receiver, DB for a bit. Wow. Amazing athlete. Um, and I always wanted to play hockey because all my friends that went to Beaufort yeah. – played hockey and they all grew up in the south end we definitely know some similar
0: people no people definitely yeah
1: and uh so i always bugged my mom i bugged my mom and she finally i don't know we were on welfare so i don't know how she found the money to pay for me yeah but i played two years all my gear was third hand second hand like my my gloves had holes in them which kind of like an advantage because you're you're holding the stick almost with your palms not the gloves so you have real good anyways went to a couple tournaments played house league um you know, was an all star. Loved it. Couldn't really stop. Could skate really fast. Yeah. Sucked at stopping. Like <laughs> first game, flew right into the boards and an icing call.
0: Hey, at least you got out and you tried. You that, did this it. is it. Yeah. So I,
1: I loved hockey. Only played two years. We couldn't. We couldn't make it work. And then I uh, I played soccer as well a little bit during that time. And then when it, we moved, uh, when I was in around grade six, six six or seven, okay. we moved to South Street near Dalplex. Yeah. And those years i like grade nine i started playing basketball a friend of mine got me into it and then that it kind of just went that way and then i started
0: playing basketball from then on was there any iconic moment of basketball that got you hooked it could have been you know michael yep. jordan at the all-star game yep. it could have been space jam the movie i don't know what, what was that moment that go i'm hooked to this i was
1: at uh, a good friend of mine at the time Ben Como and uh, we were watching the first I think nationalized national televised Raptors game. I think it was Toronto versus Phoenix, and Vince Carter scored about fifty-one points or something. And we, he used to have like a small a net on the back of his garage was super low. Like we'd always just jam like dunk on it and yeah. like have fun, yeah. jump like foot off the garage door to get up higher because we were both like small. <laughs> Uh, that was the time. Like, I watched that. I was like, this guy's an incredible athlete. Wow. And I was just, like, started loving basketball. And then it just it just kind of blossomed to that. Did you go to that Raptors game here back in the... My, nah. mom, my mom, or my stepdad, I think, at the time, they were dating, yeah. bought us tickets to the Grizzlies game. But I didn't, like, really... I wasn't into basketball as much. It was just kind of more... I was younger. It was kind of more like a spectacle. It was just yeah. like you're going to do something. Yeah. Um, we used to go to the CIS AOS finals, though, so, like, when I was in... When I was younger, uh, that was fun. To this day,
0: those are one of my favorite sporting events in Halifax. Even though they're only once a year, I don't think they've happened because yeah. of COVID. They weren't here the, the past two years, I don't think. The but a- AUS and CS? Obviously. Yeah. But when those do happen in the in the finals, even in the semifinals, who could have packed Metro Center? It's so, crazy. It's it's so much fun. It's amazing. I felt terrible because Coach K
1: just retired oh, did from St. of X after 40 plus years. That's a guy I'd love to
0: get on the podcast he's, one He's He's phenomenal. And like, did he coach you at St. X? Yeah. He must have, obviously. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the the this past year that just finished yeah. um, was supposed to be his retirement year, and they had a big plan to have like a dinner, invite all the players back. It was X's turn to host nationals. So the way they've run it the last like four or five years um, was that the host team automatically made the nationals. Okay. They still play yeah, in sorry. in the AUS and yeah. stuff, so if you win, you win whatever. But if you lose, you still make national. So like regardless, he would have been on the national stage like in front of all of his peers. Uh obviously you already know how big it is in the city. So it would have just been a really good way for him to go out. Unfortunately, COVID um kind of shot that in the foot, which sucks for him because he had such an amazing illustrious career and set such like a precedent at at X, with that the the team and the culture and the the you know, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's an environment that's like when you go there. I told my girlfriend like she she hates going with me now because I see I run into so many people that I don't see anymore. Oh, you're That's always yeah. not not like that guy, <laughs> but like I don't try to be. But you just see people that within like whether you're playing at X or they just know you through basketball. So it's, it's always, like, a fun time to say, like, hi, how are you guys doing? And, and see the athletes, like, performing on that stage in front of the lights. That's cool. You got to love it. Oh, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um. What is – I've never played basketball or I've never had a conversation with Coach K, but mm. I hear nothing but great things. Yep. What is it about that guy that allows players to follow his leadership? Is it his personality? Is it the things he says in the room? Is it his demeanor? What is it about that guy that just attracts – people to him and allows him to win championships. He's he's he's
1: he's, he's a human, like he cares about people. He actually genuinely like cares how his players do in life. Like it's not I'm filling a roster spot for one year, two years, three years, if they fail out, I just gotta replace them. It's he's not that type of guy. He's the type of guy that would like fly to somebody's house that he's recruiting in the States and meet with their parents once or twice or three times if you had to in order to convince them to come. He's not going to just give you a call or shout and just hope hope that you come. Like he actually genuinely cares about people. There's meetings all through the year about your marks, how you're doing in school, what you're going to do when you finish uh, school. Um, whereas like, and there's a structure with everything. Like the whole, it's not just like you show up at practice and you, you go home or like you're on the road, just show up. Like we have dinner. We used to have dinners pre-game. All they're always scheduled. Like teams, everything's together. Sounds like a pro environment. Very big pro environment. Like he just, he, and on top of that, he uh, he's you know phenomenal scout. Obviously, his brother was one of the big biggest scouts in uh, American basketball. He had just uh, rest in peace had just passed away, um, which again like really tough time for him because he can't, couldn't travel during COVID. It just goes to show like, I don't really want to go off branch. But a lot of people are like frustrated about like the lockdowns and everything. It's like, you see, you hear stories like that, like people actually losing family and they can't go see them. Like, those are things that you get frustrated about. Not like maybe not being able to go to the gym or go to, you know, concert or something for however long it is. Right. But back to the main issue, a uh, great eye for talent. Cares about people, and you know, um, really good recruiter too. Knows, yeah. He like
0: talent level is always high. All of his teams. What is it about someone that allows someone else to recruit a person for four years and convince them to come to their school? Like, think about that. That's (laughs) such a if you actually like sit down and like actually. It's such a weird concept, It's
1: very, very. but it's
0: people's jobs. They have to go to someone's house and go, look, we love your son. We love your daughter. We think that they're an exceptional talent. We would love to turn them into a man or turn them into a woman over the next four years of college. It's a, it's such an interesting perspective of a, of a relationship.
1: It really, it really is. uh, It's special, right? Because I mean, there are certain schools that you might look at and they might have a, a turnover rate every year. You know what I mean? Whereas I think X for the most part, primarily like most teams are the same guys like that come in the same years together, finish mm-hmm. the same years together, which is, uh, speaks to the volumes of like the coach, the culture, the team, um, all that. And that is one of the hardest things to do, I think, because within sport, everybody has an ego as much as we, uh, we like to uh, try to like, you know say like i'm i'm maybe i'm not better than so and so everybody wants to go in with the idea that i'm going to be top of the food chain i want to be the star i want to be a starter i don't want to be sitting on the bench just cheering everybody on right and everybody that comes and plays at university level usually uh, primarily is one two player on their high school team so you know they've are, they've either worked to get to where they were at high school level or they're just you know a very good athlete and player and then when you go to that next level everybody's kind of jockeying and reshuffling to find out like, where do I sit on the team hierarchy? Like mm. who's, who's who. And then once they kind of figure that out or they don't figure that out, that's where the coaching comes into play. Cause certain players might not be happy with their roles. There's there, it's a struggle, not only like with, 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 with uh, sport, then there's school, then there's the social. So there's, there's all these like factors that are kind of, Spinning around and playing with a a young man's head where it's like, if things aren't going well in sport, he might tail off to like going out more, drinking a bit more with the boys. Then he's showing up to practice, still complaining about his role on the team. Guys on the team know what he's doing. They're like, (laughs) you keep, you keep complaining like a little baby. He's like, you don't want to work hard for it. Right. And then the coach has to deal with all that and figure out, you know, does he deserve more? Coach might not know he's going out. Mm. All these things, he might be slipping in school. Still, compl- You know what I mean? I know what you mean. There's so many factors that go into keeping a player for four years, like you asked. Um, and like I said, Coach K, for the most part, has done or did do a phenomenal job at keeping guys. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, my first year, I was like a walk-on. I didn't play a lot. I really wanted to, so I was frustrated. There was times where I talked to other players that were frustrated. We were like, man, like, what should we do? Should yeah. we should we go to, a, like, a worse team so that we'll play more and get actual like more time but like obviously those are just like kind of insecure feelings and thoughts that kind of come out in in weak moments that you have Um, instead you know stick to the script put your head down get your like lunch hat on well that's the next question what were some
0: of the things that you did as that player that was on the bench or that was on the bubble obviously those players need to do little things in order to stand out in order to be noticed what were some of the little things that you went above and beyond just to stay there uh
1: so yeah when i started no scholarship no no scholarship. real no yeah no real guarantee of uh like any kind of like future future essentially kind of how i got there was like t-bear upshaw was like the most highly recruited basketball player out of nova scotia at the time um he was like meeting with teams in the states and he was telling like coaches like i want my best friend will to come play with wherever so i would get to talk to certain teams cool even though i was a good basketball player like i was second in the league and scoring in high school although my name was in the paper because i broke my collarbone um my my first game of my grade 12 year grade 11 there was 11 grade 12s on the team so i bear- I didn't get to play a lot we were mm-hmm. still blowing teams out so i get here and there but grade 12 i'm like all right great i'm getting to show my stuff i'll go to college broken collarbone
0: how'd you break it if you don't mind me asking
1: uh trying to run through a screen trying to like demolish and just bulldoze some some kid with like say you're not and I hit him with my like a weird angle you're setting like a pick no he was on me oh and sorry. I was trying to like okay, okay I was trying to go through him like I'm a very physical player okay there's where the hockey that's where the hockey side of me comes in um and anyways hit him a couple seconds later they'd score they hit a shot I went to get the ball and my shoulders like went went super upset Crying kind of, kind of because of pain, but also because I was like in high school, I worked really hard too. I was at the gym all the time. Anyways, fast forward X, no scholarship. I just do whatever the coaches ask me to do. I don't argue with them. It's another another thing a lot of players and athletes tend to do is um, unless you're at the top of the food chain, unless you're, you know, the Nate McKinnon's of the world, the Sydney Crosby's, you got to shut up and listen. You have to put your time in. You have to show people that you're willing to work and and, gr- and grow towards uh, somebody that the coaches um, can trust, believe in, and actually see like progress. W- that might take longer sometimes, depending on the coach, the system, who's in front of you. So like, at the time, I was probably 165. A little closer. Sorry, Sorry yeah. I was 165, 70 pounds. Yeah. I was really small yeah. for a basketball player. I'm about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, I was getting thrown around my first year. Um, one of the guys on the team was 6'3", 220. His brother plays for the, the Dallas Cowboys, Neville Gallimore. Gary is his brother. He was my roommate at one point. Anyways, tossing me, throw me. I had to get. So every practice, I lifted weights before I go to practice. A lot of basketball players didn't really like doing that. I felt sore a little bit, didn't like to shoot after, thought it would hurt their performance, where in my mindset, I'm like, I'm already at the bottom right now the only thing I can, like this is one of the main things I can do to contribute to myself getting bigger, or well, getting bigger, but also um, getting ready for the next year and the following year. Like a lot of, a lot of young athletes, they, they should be prioritizing their body, especially within university sport, because when you're in your third, fourth, fifth year, if you play five years, you're going to be going up against first, second, third years that are, if you grow yourself as a system, you're going to be playing people that are going to be much more disadvantaged to you at that time in your life. That's why like hockey sometimes like in university, I think some guys would be 26 or 25 um, same football. They had to cap it back in the day. Cause SMU had like 27 or 28 year olds. Yeah, they got in trouble for that. They yeah, changed the rule because yeah. of that. So it's like, because it's like a grown man playing against a child. Whereas the same, that's where I, where if the gym comes into me, it's like, okay, if I can get my body ready and I can get to the level these guys are at, when I'm in their position, I'm going to do the same thing to rookies or to juniors or sophomores when they're in, because they're not, they're not physically developed. And I they see don't, what you're saying. Okay. They don't care. And then on top of that, you put the other time in, like go and shoot. So like, like you asked, like we'd go away on trips. We went to Boston College my first year. I, I didn't that's play Boston. a lot. Boston College, Harvard, Holy Cross. Again, that's where the culture comes in. How do you keep a guy at St. of X? You go play you know, prestigious U S schools and you see some other schools doing that a lot more now. Um, yeah, it's fun. You get to see the campuses, the locker rooms, the (laughs) difference, the difference in resources. Like it's insane. Like just looking at the football fields, I was like, yo, I couldn't imagine (laughs) playing in front of this many fans. Um, but yeah, like we'd come back from that, a tournament like that where I didn't play a lot. First thing I do, I go to the gym and just start shooting. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get back like most players and be like, it's Sunday at, like, 4 o'clock. Like, I'm yeah. just going to chill. I'm tired. We just drove, flew. Like, I was like, I want to go. Like, I got to get some work and I didn't do anything this weekend.
0: Man, you're young and they have that mindset. That's, cr- that's... I just loved I, – I wanted to be
1: – I did not want to be the player that was, like – and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with no. being that player that, like, picks up other guys and, like, is the hard worker. Because I was always that guy. But the only way to – kind of get out of that is to keep working and to figure out, like you said, trial and error, like how do we find out where we're not, like how to, how to improve, how to be more efficient is is to have a routine and stick to that routine and then figure out, okay, this is working, this isn't working. I want to bump it up a little bit. I want to get better. My shot's not, I'm not hitting my shot the way it is. I'm not as explosive. So that's that's essentially like how it started and kind of gradually through five years yeah. stuck to
0: that plan. I'd like to take a quick second and introduce a new sponsor to the High Button Podcast, CryptoVantage. We all know with the professional sporting world and the cryptocurrency world, they are both slowly starting to go hand in hand. That's why we think here at the High Button Podcast that the partnership with CryptoVantage is a match made in heaven. They're going to be able to educate you, the listener, the viewer, wherever you take in the High Button Podcast on how to make safe investments and how to deal in the world of cryptocurrency. I've made some investments in my past, and I was actually quite happy with my return. But there was definitely some times where I was a little unsure on how to put money in, how to take my money out. It's a new world. Let's not lie to each other here. We want to be able to deal in cryptocurrency safely. But it's really cool seeing professional athletes dabble in the crypto world, for example. Spencer Dinwiddie from the Brooklyn Nets, he actually just created his own crypto social token app called Calaxy, where fans can interact with athletes and celebrities. So it's little things like that that get me excited and hopefully get you excited about the crypto world and allow you to dabble in it. And well, to be honest with you, I'm I'm already dabbled in it. So we hope we can join this ride and make a little bit of money together. eh? So if you want some more information, join. Crypto Vantage. Head on over to info.cryptovantage.com/slash high button. Sign up for the white paper, and you can learn a little bit more about Crypto Vantage. All right, now back to the podcast. And it's so interesting now how your career is training pro athletes or just other people in yeah. general and how that's kind of translated into your professional life. It's like, yeah, okay, maybe you weren't the all-star on the basketball team, but you're from what it sounds like the hardest worker on that team. And it's almost like it didn't, maybe it didn't pay off on the court as much as you wanted to, but it's paying off in your professional life. Am I kind of on the right? The you way? are.
1: Well, I actually, it's funny thing, as you say, um, I did my fourth, fifth year, I was a league all-star both years. Okay. My apologies. No, it's, like, it's, all it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's funny though, like my second year, I was there's the team always has a, awards at the end of the year, right? Okay. So my second year, they have this like player appreciation award. So it's like they appreciate the hard work. So that's kind of like, you know what I mean? It's like the hard worker award. Yeah. Um, then my third year, most improved award. Yeah. Then fourth year, league all star. Um, fifth year, league all star, um, co MVP with my best friend T Bear. And I won. The Rod Shoveler Tournament MVP, um, which is like the biggest basketball tournament here for college in the at Christmas time that's played at Dal. Wow. Um, yeah, so like a lot of things, like a lot of t- things paid off. Tied, yeah, tied for seventh all time in assists at Saint Evex. Dude, like, why? So it's just like <laughs> I, I try to preach to like athletes all the time, and why why you say like how it's translated into like my profession? Like I worked in a restaurant when I was young, and I started as a busser and then finished as the manager of the restaurant. That's how I transitioned to training people. But it's like a lot of people are, feel like they're stuck or they're they're set in these these positions in these these spots in life, whether it's like, oh, I'm going to be like this my whole life or my dad's this type of genetic, so I'm going to be like this. It's like, no. You what is what do your parents do? Are they like in terms of fitness like Do they, are they like being active all the time? Maybe not. So maybe if you're more active than them, you'll change what you think is set in stone for you. Right. Um, But yeah, that's, that's essentially how I try to push a lot of my athletes um, and clients is to really challenge them to get like uncomfortable and not settle to kind of, you know, go through the motions and and have these expectations that you're going to be stuck in a certain role or certain place in life. You can always, Mm. you can always go wherever you want. You just got to be, be willing to work for it. Mm. You know, I was willing to work for where, what, where I got in university. I put a ton of hours in, though. People were partying. People were going out. Uh, my last few years, I really, like, buckled down nutrition-wise. I started eating way, way better. Had a huge difference on me mentally and physically. Um, and didn't go out nearly as much. Spent way more time um, in the gym.
0: Dude, I find, like, not drinking is a huge thing for my mental clarity and work ethic. Like if I have three, four beer in a night, uh, the next day, like I'm down and out, maybe even the day after. But if you can somehow uh, translate, you know, 15 days straight without drinking, I feel like a better person. I feel so mentally clear. I know what I need to do. I know how to do it. I know how to treat other people with maybe a little bit more respect than you would not that drinking makes you like a ruder person, but it's just, I'm, I'm more aware of the surroundings that I'm in 100%. I'm more aware of people's feelings. I'm more aware of the energy that's in the room. It's a, it's, it's an odd thing. It's it, it's
1: your, your rate on, on par. I always talk to a friend of mine that I, I, I did some podcasts a couple years ago and COVID first happened. And um, we always used to talk about like that, like drinking the next day is almost like a write-off. I mean, maybe if you don't go super hard and you're kind of having some casuals. Glass of wine. But even you. yeah, like, but even even if you're like, you know, having six to eight, ten beers, um, if they're coronas, you're still gonna be lackadaisical. You're still gonna have that like really like sluggish feel and start to the day where you're like kind of like you're just not nearly as efficient. You're you're kind of uh, foggy, things are taking a lot longer to kind of just connect and like you know what I mean? Um uh what we, sorry, I lost my train of thought there, About there's something I was going to say I was going to get on
0: to. You um, must have been drinking last night. You don't remember. <laughs> I'm just messing <laughs> I actually was. Were oh, yeah, Yeah, it was. <laughs> there there you go. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> I, had a, I had a few Coronas. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine at, uh, who's home invited me over. We just
0: went over there and had a barbecue. Love it. Yeah. I saw you put like, you put like bacon grease on your steak. It looked unreal. I, I, like, I did. So how did you get the bacon grease? You just cook bacon in the morning and So whenever
1: I cook bacon, I save the bacon grease and put so it in a jar. That's... I've been doing that for, for a minute.
0: The steak that you put on the grill looked like you had like some spice yep. on there. It looked really good. I, loved to co- I love cooking. I, I learned...
1: Yeah, I always try to, like, whatever I do, I always try to learn, take things away from it yeah. um, in life. Like, you know, I worked in the restaurant industry for 14, 15 years of my life. Like, what the hell would I be doing if I didn't know how to cook, like, something, right? Yeah. But uh
0: love cooking and uh, love bacon. <laughs> Isn't that a bad thing, though? Bacon's good, but it's... I mean... You got to enjoy little
1: things, I guess. I-, I think I think it's all subjective. It depends on what you're eating outside of that, right? Like I'm a very clean eater for the most part. Um, The last like two, three years, I don't, I'm not a breakfast person. So like there's certain days right now where I might not eat uh, until I get home from work. So I'll work Monday to Thursday, uh, 6am till, like I start with clients at 6am, so I'm up at five. Clients until eight or nine at night. Sorry, six seven or eight at night. And then I get home around 8.30 or nine. Or 730 or eight so you don't eat all day some some days I don't eat till I get home and then I eat a lot at home at night I use and then those big meals at night kind of fuel me through the day mm. my goals might be different than other people's like I, I'm very like uh, I have very like high standards as, the, as, as aesthetically like mm. I like being lean mm. um, and muscular I try to it's it's not easy but those are just like, that's how I do it.
0: There's a lot of correlation right now between fasting and preventing uh, cancer. There's you a,
1: heard yeah. tons. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, well, primar- a lot of it is due to, you know, a lot of people um, overeat throughout the day or necessarily may overeat carbohydrates. Um, you know, they get bellies. That's where primarily they're starting to correlate cancer and diabetes and stuff is big stomachs. Um, Whereas, like, when you're fasted, essentially your body's going to start using whatever is in its system and starts turning to use fat, essentially, to burn energy. Um, and the, so the more carbs you eat, and that's, I'm not saying carbs are bad, especially for athletes. Athletes really need a lot of them. But for people that are primarily, like, doing, say, like, if your job is to sit down all day, you don't need to crush, like, a ton of carbs all day. That's, in fact, it's probably going to put you in a sense where you're just going to burn those carbs and then replace them. So you're never really going to get into those fat stores. And over time, f- boom, decade goes by. You look at yourself. You're like, yo, what happened to me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, well, you're sitting down most of the time and, and uh, you know, watching, going on vacations or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it all depends on what, on your goals kind of physically. But um, I think when it comes to nutrition, there's a lot of people that have uh, this idea that, like, I have to have breakfast I have to have lunch. I have to have dinner. I need three meals a day. I'm gonna have my snacks in between, and no one's really gonna tell me otherwise because that's a healthy like uh, like balance. And they they some people get like I, I remember talking to certain people about talking about being fasted through the days, and like some people would be like, "Well, that's unhealthy. Like you're starving yourself." And in my head, I'm like, "Why? Why is it unhealthy? Do you did you research it? Yeah. Have you looked into it? It just makes you uncomfortable." And therefore you project on me that I'm being unhealthy because we're just doing different things.
0: I've heard, uh, not heard, I've watched or I guess listened to a couple podcasts and they talk about the correlation of hunger and um, work ethic. Because us as a human body, we're meant to hunt our own food. We're meant to get up and, you know, go get fur to stay warm. We're meant to move. Um, And if you sit down and you have breakfast first thing in the morning, your body goes, oh, you're good relax you have, have fun it. you're good but when i wake up i, I same. i don't eat till like one two o'clock i'm yep. up at like seven i don't need till yeah like one two and uh my 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 productivity level is not i'm gonna say through the roof but you know i'm not out looking for meat and fur to stay warm but <laughs> you know i'm on my laptop hustling editing yep. emailing uh, lining up podcast guests i'm working i'm, I'm hungry in, in the sense of not for food but to, to become a little bit more successful each and every day and you know when I first started this company, I was uh, you know breakfast you know I'd have I'd have lunch at like eleven you know that's two meals before eleven. i I love food. who doesn't yep but uh, like I said, when you, as you get older you start to learn about your body you start to learn about your mind and you learn to you know you figure out what works for you and that's a big thing for me is is, is waking up. I like coffee don't I like my espressos in the morning Hundred. Um, you too Oh I love coffee. Yeah. I need a coffee every morning. A multiple for yeah, me. Yeah. Unfortunately, and well, that'll be another yeah. conversation. But uh, it, it correlates in, into hunger, into work ethic for me. Not eating in the morning. That's just that's just how I feel about it. It's uh, and it really works for me. Probably this past, probably like since COVID started. That's probably when I started to to I guess you know, figure out my body a little yep. bit more. People have so much more time on their hands. Hundred percent. This is when I built this studio. So this allowed you know see notice how there's no windows in yep. here it's, it's just, it's a distraction free zone other yeah. than the TV that we chuck on every now and then, yeah. but it's a distraction free zone. It allows me to come down here and work and it allows me to, to be productive. And yeah, the, the no eating thing in the morning definitely helps me. Well, you hit on the, on, I
1: think you hit the nail on the head, like where you said, not to say that my productivity is through the roof. You took the words out of my mouth because it pretty, it is like, you're just being humble. Like you're just a much more productive, efficient human when you're kind of searching for that energy you're trying to figure things out um and whereas like when people come eat like have these big breakfasts usually have like maybe an insulin spike and they get that sluggish kind of feel and then it's hard to kind of get going again um so i'm a big i'm a big fan of it and uh i've tried to bring i try to bring salads to work so some days, if I don't have a salad, those are the days that I might not eat to the until like the end of the day. Um, I've also tried to buy these like from Costco these protein plus drinks just to get a little more protein in my system and trying to retain a little more muscle because I've been, you know, going through like days where I've been fasted a little too long and it's. I want to get a little bit stronger, so I need to get keep that protein on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, those days, the other days, like some days from 5 a.m. till 9 and I'm still doing everything that you see on on my social media all my workouts that I do are on our facet really no you got nothing in you. pretty much everything's from the night before
2: wow
0: yeah that's cool yeah um what is it about your clients that they respect out of you the most you think I I think you know there's a lot of trainers out there let's not lie to each other here Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that Mm -hmm. think they can do what you do yeah um and there's, I think, I don't think there's many, I, they, you know, I, I just think there's few successful people that do what you do. And it seems like you're on the the track of being a successful, if not already a yeah. successful trainer. I've heard that, you know, from what Flinner told me, you train yeah. a lot of uh, incredible athletes from around this part of the world. What yeah. is it about you that you think people respect out of what you do the most?
1: Um, well, I think they know that, I, for one, I'm working hard. Like, they obviously said you see the Instagram, like you see the videos. They know I'm not bull... Can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah. They're, they know I'm not bullshitting. They know I'm not fucking around when I show up at the gym. Like, I'm not just going to... I'm not going to babysit you and tell you, like, it's okay. Like, you can't do this. You can't do that. Because um, they see that I push myself so hard. I'm also an empathetic person, too. Like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to shit on somebody for not being able to do something. I'm going to really try to build them up and ex- explain to them, like, wh- where they're struggling, how to improve on it, why... Why taking this challenge on is going to help them not only, you know, with whatever we're doing, but like you said, elsewhere in their life, whatever their job is, whatever their relationships are with their family, it's going to improve all those other aspects of their life. They're going to be a more patient person when they leave the gym. They're going to feel just uh, more powerful, more self-confident. So I think, you know, kind of like I said about Coach K, like I I actually really care about a lot of my clients. Well, all of them, like. (laughs) Um, the athlete side of things, I didn't have a trainer like growing up. I had to do like learn everything kind of by myself or with other like my friends that we were going to the gym with. Like, YouTube was YouTube a thing back then? Not really, no. not particularly. Uh, when I got to X, we started kind of working out in high school, but we were kind of just doing like the basics, like bench press, mm. squat, <laughs> and probably the form was probably terrible. <laughs> Um, and you're just like trying to be, again, the ego, like you want to be that guy and you're like 160 like 60 pounds soaking wet yeah. and you're, you're looking at people and you're like, I can, do... no, you can't, you're not there yet. Um, but when we got, to, when I got to X, I really kicked in for me is when I started working out with a group of football players, um, Kwame Osei, Koshi Mwamba, Enoch Mwamba and Akeem Foster. Dylan Houlihan, Ryan Olson, there's a bunch of them, and um, there's a couple of ladies that show. Like Meg Lee Harvey was came and worked out sometimes. She was like rugby player of the year. Enoch played for the Indianapolis Colts for a couple of years. He plays for the Argonauts right now.
0: Wow, where does he live right now? He's
1: he- he's probably in Toronto now. Well, he's lived in Toronto, but he played for he played for Indy for a couple of years. He played for like Montreal, oh, wow. Winnipeg. He was the first overall pick in the CFL one one year. His brother Koshi. Played for BC, Winnipeg. He's won a couple great cups. Anyways, I started working with them. And one of my biggest things for basketball is trying to be like more explosive, more powerful. I wasn't always like the highest jumper um, or, or fastest person on the court. I was quick. Um, you know, I was a good athlete. Probably I could dunk off, you know, one, two feet, but not like like the t bear. Like I'm not windmilling over people, right? So I want to get strong, but stay powerful. So I started working with football guys because that's primarily what they do. Power. Power, you know, and uh I learned a lot through them. Some of them had a had a trainer back home from Ontario. So I would really take in everything that we did and I would apply it in the off season with my own training, kind cool. of tinker it around a little bit. Um and then ever since like when I finished at X, I've always just been like in again, like you said, trial and error, or I said trial and error, like just playing around with like programs reading like uh you know books like anatomy books or like sports specific training you've read an anatomy book before written no wrote, wrote. Uh, sorry not wrote um Red. read read sorry wow like i took anatomy i took uh uh friggin um human kinesiology did you at x yeah that's cool yeah so i mean it's it's been 15 years of training for me, pretty wow. much. You could probably teach that class by now. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. i I, I still have people that correct me sometimes on the the uh, social media fitness police that will like yeah, yeah, yeah. that like tell me the form's not perfect or I'm not you're not doing this right or whatever. And I think uh I don't care for that anymore. I used to kinda get you might you might get a little like kinda like taken back or like upset at first when I first started my page and stuff. Um, but now I don't care like you can't worry about those kind of things. Everybody has their own type of training. Um, that's one thing I've come to realize and really like. Love is that like not everybody's training for the same thing. Not everybody's training to be a power athlete. Not everybody's training to be an aerobic athlete. Some people want to look good. They don't care about anything else. Some people are power lifters. They're gonna have that bigger bellies because they're eating lots of you know donuts and and they're trying to get as much energy for their big lifts, as not to feel inferior or insecure because somebody else is just doing something different. Whereas like on, on online, like everybody's just wants to correct everybody and tell them, you know, do this a little bit different.
0: And you're just kind of like, I'm now I'm at the point where it's like, I just laugh. I'm like, all right, yeah. like, cool. That's a good thing to have people commenting, saying stuff. Like uh, if, if no one's commenting, that means you're not doing your job one, correctly.
1: One of my best friends said, uh, he said when I started getting like, kind of like some hate on a bunch of my posts, uh, was like, You've you've you're starting to make it when people just start shitting on your post for no reason. And I've had some crazy stuff, like people saying like you must not be able to sleep at night because you're gonna hurt somebody. It's really bizarre things. It's just it's more funny now when you think about it, yeah. No, that's it's it's
0: it's different. What do you want me to say, man? You're doing the right thing. If they <laughs> Do you see you, are you ever commenting on other people going, oh, you're doing the wrong form? I, like, I don't,
1: like- no, I don't do that. Exactly. Um,
0: because you're too busy
1: doing your job. Well, this right. is it. You're, you're, if you're looking at everybody else, what are you doing f- yeah. for yourself? Right. Do and you think wh-
0: you have time to do that shit. now?
1: And that's why I tell people all the time about fitness. Like you said, with my clients, I'm like, if you're like a lot of people get, uh, you know, shy, they're, they're so scared to kind of get back into the gym. And, and really like, I'm not in the shape I used to be. I, I, I'm insecure to like be in front of other people. Mm. And I'm like, you're too worried about other people. You need to worry about yourself. You need to worry about what you're doing and and where you're going and put the energy that you're focusing on other people in the gym and focus it on yourself. They're looking at me. They're talking about me. No, Mm -hmm. they're doing their own thing.
0: You're in your own head. I think that's the first step to success. Is not worrying about what other people think. A hundred percent. But I think it's the biggest step too. I think it's one of the biggest steps there is to being a successful person. For sure. Because if you're going to be successful, you're not doing the exact same thing that everyone I moved back here from Vancouver and uh, I lived out there for a bit. I was doing like commercial acting and stuff. Okay. And uh, it was like okay money. It was actually pretty good. But it just wasn't what I wanted to do. It was too much waiting, too much trying to impress other people. Yep. And I moved back to Halifax and I had a I got a great friend that lives here. He works at the bank. Yep. And we had a conversation about like it was that it was one of those times where I was going through, like, you know, what do I want to do? Do I really want to take this podcast thing serious? Or do I wanna, you know, I worked at the bank as well. Do I want to go back to the bank? And we were starting to talk about success and what do I want to do for a living and yep. the future? And you know those talks. Yeah. And he's like, dude, like in in especially in Nova Scotia, if you want to be successful. You can't go the same way as everyone else. If no. you're, it's too small of a city. It's too small of a province. If you want to be successful, you have to go in your own direction. You have to do your own certain things. Yep. And I took that to heart and I, I know I'll never let that conversation go because he's absolutely right. If you want to be successful and you want to, uh, you know, be an entrepreneur and, and be your own boss, you can't do the exact same thing as everyone else is doing. But with that comes judgment. With that comes jealousy. With that comes so many other different things. And that was tough for me at the beginning. When I started this podcast and you start talking about what you're feeling how you know your opinion on things it's not going to be the most popular thing and that's tough every now and then to get that from other people because you know what i'm 29 now so i guess i started this when i was 26 yeah and you know those you know six you know those those years i've definitely changed as a person and yep. now i really don't care about what anyone thinks and yep. yeah, but at that very beginning step it, it's definitely tough to, it, it's tough to, to take that first step forward for sure
1: how many people tried to correct you on your podcast when you first start them and give you uh advice on how to
0: well, it wasn't even that. It was it was just like uh you'd get like random DMs from people that aren't even an account. Like people would yeah. create an account with no followers, yeah. no and just be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You idiot. What are you doing starting a podcast? You fucking suck. Get the fuck out of here." Like we'd get messages of people like we, we went to um, a BMO the hockey rink to go sell some of our clothing. Yeah. And I took a picture of it, and we, you know, and we we posted it and then we I got like two messages and It was people going, you'll never sell a piece of fucking clothing, you loser, get out of here. And the people don't have any, like there's no, uh, you know what I mean, no followers, no, nothing. But what I just said to you about how if you don't have people commenting on you saying that you're doing this wrong... But at the time when I first learned that, I went to one of my buddies, who's you know he's uh, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah. I'm like, look, man, like these people are messaging me saying, "Don't you'll never sell a piece of clothing." And he's like, "Dude, no, that's good. That uh, you want yeah, that because yeah, you, want... you have that, people yeah. are noticing. Because somebody's
1: probably saying something to him, and then he's at, exactly. and then he's like, w- looks at, it,
0: he's like, "No, no, no, can't can't be." And then just yeah. drives them crazy. And so when I heard that lesson for the first time, I was like, oh, so you want this to happen? He's like, yes, yeah. that's, that's, that's people the key to, question to it. it. You want people to be like, no, you can't do it. That, you, yeah. that you're not doing it right. That That's that's it.
1: 100%. Kind of cool. It is very cool.
0: Yeah. We yeah. all go through the same thing. It doesn't matter if what you're doing in life as long as you, you know. On... I, I say this every podcast. People listening to this podcast yeah. probably hate me for it, but it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. The same core values come into play whenever you're doing business yep it's it's
1: cool a hundred percent a hundred percent that's really cool
0: yeah um what's it like training nate darling
1: that was really that was really interesting because um i'd heard a lot about him like when i finished playing basketball at X, he was kind of he was young him and lindell wiggington who um is on the minnesota uh d league yep. team i think were like this, the up and coming stars of the city for like basketball. And, uh, I like would always hear about him. Like he scored 50 points on team Ontario and at SMU for like, uh, um, I think nationals or something like that. And I never, I'd never actually seen him play in person really. And then a couple years, few years before I actually trained him, uh, I used to play in a men's league or summer league and we got to play against his team. So I was like, I'm always the type of player that like when I finished playing basketball and I used to go watch, whether it was like uh university and a guy was like killing like another team and I'd have a chance to play against him in the summer, like I always want to guard him. So I always prided myself on um, being like a really good defender. Uh, so I was like, all right, I'm matching up with Nate. And now I guarded him most of the game. He probably still scored like twenty five or some points, but that's when I was like, "Holy shit! Like this guy knows how to play. Like he knows, he knows how to use people on the court. He can shoot. He can do all these things." And this is like a f- few years ago. He reached out to me uh, last summer about like training and working out
0: before he made the Hornets.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he came in. He came in for f- two, three months. Um, maybe two months or so. Uh, when I started at pro, like after I only started at pro edge in July. So he came in right around there and stayed like right until the, I think early September, maybe. Um, and we just, we started, uh, training. And one of the things that I loved about training him is I got to ask him questions about like his college career, like he's how he switched from, uh, I, th- I can't remember the name of the school, like Alabama to to wherever he was at, Delaware. And Delaware is where he really took off, where he was like 20th in the country in scoring before the year he got drafted, which is crazy. Like, it's actually crazy to think that he was top 20 in uh, American D1 scoring, like averaging 20-something points a game.
0: It's the kid from Bedford. You know what I
1: mean? Like, and so I'd get to ask him questions about like, just like self-doubt like how much time do you like what's the most you ever shot like how many shots did you ever shoot in a day because i used to be like i used to put in work right i'm thinking to myself like yeah let let, let me see how many shots he (laughs) says some crazy number like made 1400 threes in a day or something you're like no i'm like in my head i'm like okay that's just insanity but to like to a kid like him you know who who left home at an early age you know he was the same thing he's just he's in his bag. Like he's just working nonstop to get to where he wants to go. And I remember I get to ask him like, how do you think you do against like some of these top players? And the confidence like just like exuded off of him. Right. And I'm like, we're talking about like guys that are going to be top five picks in the NBA. And he's like, it didn't even like, there was no hesitation like about his, his own self-confidence matching up with those guys. And then you have him playing with uh, Lamelo ball now. Who's number one pick so it's like it's just really it was really cool to see like a kid come in who knew that like all right I know where I'm at like ball wise skill wise now I really have to focus on getting stronger getting more athletic and building like my man body and becoming like a grown man because I'm about to go play with grown ass men which is true like if you look at the NBA when you kind of follow people's careers until they kind of get into that like 23, 26 range, and they if they are in the playoffs, it's usually a little bit of a struggle because physically the game is different. Like even if you like, I don't know if you ever watch like watch much of the NBA like yeah. the last few years. Yeah. Regular season, a lot of high scoring, a lot of like really whack, weak foul calls, guys just going to line. Playoffs, a lot different. Players don't play the same. They don't shoot the same percentages. Uh, you're getting bumped a lot more. You're getting worn down a lot more. Um, It's the end of the season. So until guys actually build themselves up to get through like 80 games, then play another seven, 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 then seven, ideally, you need the strength to be able to not like just break down, not not to be fatigued, right? Not only that, you're playing with 30-year-olds that have been doing it for, you know, forever. So if you look at, there's only a few players that, kind of came through the league and that were really successful. And they were, you can only really think of like LeBron James pretty much. And look at him. He's already a specimen, right? So it's like, it was really cool to see a kid that was like, all right, I have to start doing this now if I want to be successful at the next level. It's like, like like you said, when you go from high school to university, you go from top back to the bottom and you still you start grinding Then you go back to the bottom. You got to keep grinding to get back to the top. So that was that was one of the fun things and just to see the uh, intensity like he was never he never really looked at me and been like I don't want to do this like why would I lift something I don't want to lift heavy like I'm I'm a basketball player like you know what I mean
0: So we had that same mindset of he okay whatever you want me to do I'll he do
1: He had the same mindset and he was dealing with like kind of a uh, like a nagging bicep issue um, and he still showed up like and we would adjust workouts and he still showed up and he wasn't just saying like, I'm just, I'll take two weeks off and I'll come back. Um, he's still like, he was like, I still got to like get in here and do this. Um, and I think another interesting thing was the day that he had to do like a video for a couple teams of him shooting like a certain NBA, uh, pre-draft like shooting workout. I think Brandon Brown helped him with it anyways, he was like, we were talking about it. And one day, like he didn't shoot so well. And I was like, I was like, come in, we'll, we'll work out a little bit. We'll do some legs. We'll get everything fired up. We won't go like crazy hard, but you'll get your juices flowing. You'll get things connected from feet up. And, uh, he left, did a session, sent me a message later, said he just killed it. And then the rest is kind of history. He, uh, he had spoken about like where he was going to go or ideally going. And then Got signed right after the draft, like quickly. So I was, I was, I was thrilled for him. Just a nice, like a really nice guy, but also a guy that's like, just will ta- he'll just tear your head off on the court, like talk shit to you, and you're like kid from Bedford, and he just looks at you and be like, I'm gonna bust your ass, and like that was cool for me because I never thought he'd be like that. Because when you think of Bedford, you think no, no disrespect to anybody from Bedford, but you think soft. <laughs> I'm sorry, like. Like I come from North end, like, and like a little bit through, through the the South end a little bit, but like grow from my experience in life, you, I think, I think Bedford, I think soft and it's no disrespect to anybody. Those are just kind of the societal structures. Yeah. Yeah, The stereotypes that life puts in you. Yeah. So that was really cool for me. That's, that was one of the coolest things that like was to train him was like, this guy's not soft at all. Like this guy's like, he's
0: going to kick your ass. That's so sick. I love guys like that from around here that just break through the stereotypes and get, they don't, they don't ask for it. They take it straight up, They take what they want. Yeah. And
1: that goes back to what you said. It goes back to what you said. Like it it doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what you want and what you, and how you're going to get there. And fortunate for him, he's the first, you know, first ever guy from Nova Scotia to, to play in the NBA and make it through full season. So there's that, there's that representation, right? There's what, you know, all these, not not to say like, not with sports, but like in life, all these other kind of minorities or groups that are trying to like show rep, they want representation within job fields, law, uh, you know, there's these, these, um, these scholarships for, you know, minorities to, to come to go to law school, to get an education so they can represent so that people can look up to them. And be like, I can be a lawyer. I, I, if I come from somewhere, I can still be a lawyer. Just like now in the in Nova Scotia, or the East Coast, kids can say, I'm going to be in the NBA because Nate's an NBA player. So that's like super, super cool. And like, no matter what, no matter what happens with his career, even though I think it's, he's still going to have a great career, he's done what nobody else could do to this point. And you always need that guy to break that bubble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that's the cool thing.
0: There were so many things, not so many things, but there was things that happened this year in a down year in COVID yep. that allowed Nova Scotia to flourish a little bit. We all know what the shooting and things that yep. happened around here it was a, it was a, it was a bittersweet year, but there, yep. were, there was guys like Nate that, you know, fuck Nova Scotia. We, you know, we did it. Like yep. it wasn't Nate that made the NBA. It was yep. Nova Scotia that made the uh-huh. NBA. Yep. And there were so many, not I don't, like, I don't want to say so many, but there was, there was, like I said, things that happened this year that were just so great for this province. Yep. And it was uh, it was an interesting year, and that was a perfect example of uh, of a moment where Nova Scotia was lifted up for for that first game that he played. It was really cool to see. Super, super cool. And like you said, uh, there's
1: I always try to go through life, and yeah, there were some really tough moments for us here. Um, but like in life, you can look at things in two ways. You can find a negative, or you can find a positive in any situation, as bad or as good as they both are. You can you'll drop whatever you want, whatever you're searching for. So as long as you're looking for like something on a positive note, mm. you'll always make things a little bit better. So it's, it's, I love that you said like yeah. how you, how you worded that.
0: What are you doing the rest of the day?
1: Today, uh, the girlfriend said we have to get groceries. So that's, yeah. can't, can't skip out on that. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll, I might go for 5k. I oh. just, I just did the, uh, the sled push 1500 pounds sled push.
0: I saw the picture of, so it's, it's did you put that on your story yeah the... it's, it's
1: 45 uh 28 45 pound plates four yeah. 35 pound plates a 25 in the sled for 15 feet so now i want to go run 5k
0: but your your legs must be on fire right now though
1: you know it's funny they're they're actually like they feel fine it's just it, again the it's the the gradual like build up over yeah. time it's that progress it's that process yeah um you know you might some people if you do a podcast some people are like that's a long podcast or like it might be hard to stay that yeah engaged. i see what you're saying now and yeah. you're like it's nothing for me yeah
0: Been... so your legs are just like conditioned for it just like yep. yeah where where do you like to run you like you go by the water you
1: uh there's a few routes i go um sometimes i just run from our apartment building on barrington and go down towards marginal road which is like where all the, like, cranes and, like, ship the shipyards are. Oh, down by,
0: like, Point Pleasant, kind of? Yeah,
1: like, I run down by uh, Garrison and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, come yeah. out and run up Point Pleasant Drive all the way to the top and then cut through Point Pleasant and yeah. then, like, run all the way around the edge and finish kind of near the parking lot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I have, like, another route that I run that I used to run all the time um, where it, when I used to live on Quimple, and it's just... You leave Quimple, like kinda just after Connaught and you go all the way down, cut through the commons, and just go down pretty much uh South Park, Young Avenue, yeah, yeah, yeah. and finish near the parking lot. That one's a little easier. So yeah. that one like makes that's the the feel-good, like your time's a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one's like the grinder. It's like <laughs> you get out of like marginal road and you look up the Point Pleasant Drive and you just look at this fucking hill and you're like, okay, yeah, this yeah. is gonna eat me up. And you see all these like Actual runners, like running in pairs up and down the hill, like flying, but they're all like 160, 70 pounds. They're just floating. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like 190 of like muscle, just like struggling to get up the hill, just (laughs) breathing so heavy. But like you said, at the end of the run, it just, day's amazing. Yeah. Do you like the cold showers too? I'll do them here and there. It's funny you said that when you first said that, my mind went to the only times I really do cold showers are when I'm like blackout. No way. And I, uh, I, I'm getting the spins and I try to, uh, I try to like shock my system, try to like kind of wake me up a little bit. So I'll go in the shower when I'm like loaded.
0: Yeah.
1: Cold water, hot water, cold water, hot water. And hopefully like when I get out and I have a towel on, I just pass out my bed.
0: (laughs) I just puke. And then I go to bed. That's (laughs) that's what I do when I'm black. I just puke and I'm out.
1: Those are my clients (laughs) at their sessions.
0: (laughs) Have you, you've had people puke at your sessions? That's, that's kind of, it's
1: not ideal for me. Like I don't like them to do it. Um, I always tell, like especially with boot camps, I tell people go at your own pace. Don't feel like you have to push yourself and keep up with other people if it's your first time. Yeah. Um, if you feel yourself starting to go, like just just take a minute. Yeah. You're only competing with yourself. Like there's, you're not competing with other. It's not like a time CrossFit challenge there. Um, clients, though, I've had multiple clients throw up, and it's not. I wouldn't say it's on purpose. Like I don't go into workouts being like I want my clients to throw up.
2: Yeah.
1: I think genuine, genuinely. And generally it's an aspect that a lot of people are, don't realize how out of shape they are. So some people like I've had, and I've, and I've I don't think I've ever lost a client because they th- threw up and they're like, I'm never going back to him. In fact, like one guy that's still with me to this day, um, he's part of like a poker crew. I have three guys that are all poker players within the community. One guy finished like, uh, third on the world series of poker oh is that Le- alex uh, livingston is he here yeah so he trains with me with two of his friends Oh, sick. and uh one of them showed up his first day and he doesn't look out of shape like he's slim like slender yeah. and i was like all right like okay let's let's go like and usually how i run like my my training sessions we do like a, we'll we'll get on a bike we'll or a rower we'll do something for five minutes kind of warm up a little bit and then we'll go through like a little warm up circuit yeah. before we actually get into like the lifting and the movement. And he couldn't even get through like the warm up circuit is usually like pretty, pretty like easy, like a little bit of mobility, light weights, like crawling, like bear crawls and stuff. <laughs> and my guy was like out of it, right? And so that's all he pretty much could do with maybe we did like really light trap bar deadlifts. And he left the session. And he like texts me. He's like, I just threw up on the highway. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, I had to pull over and I felt bad. Like I felt bad for a second. I'm like, man, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't want you to come like your first day to be like that. And he, he, his word to word was like, don't apologize. I've never felt this more alive in my life. And I love it.
0: There you go. And, and
1: to this day, he's like, I love where I am. Like he, he's so much, he's so much fitter. For one, but he mentally, like the mental side of things, he's so much more like willing to like, just like grind out workouts that seem tough for him. Mm. Whereas before he was just like, fuck, like, like I can't, like, he's like, I don't know. Like I can't, it's too heavy or I can't do this. And now he's like, he's like, I'm going to fucking finish it. (sighs) I'm going to get through this. Like, even if it like 10 minutes
0: Goes by after a session. Yeah. I'll
1: like leave him, and he'll, he'll like finish
0: it off. I wonder if that correlates at all over to poker, because mental clarity must be big with poker. No, he's
1: a golf. He's a golfer too. He loves oh, golf. Yeah. Um, I, I always wondered that too. Yeah, I always wonder that too. For all of them, they all seem to do pretty well, anyways.
0: So yeah. <laughs> I always
1: joke with them, like, now you're gonna be the biggest, the biggest guy at the poker table, yeah, and you're flexing on people <laughs> and stuff. They just, yeah. they just laugh at me. They're like, shut up.
0: Uh, he had a sick tweet over Christmas this year, uh, Alex, and he was like. He's like anyone that needs money, let me know for Christmas gifts. That was, I think that was the tweet. So It'll get DM me if you need money.
1: So he <laughs> he and I like had just started talking about training right around that time. Yeah. So i had seen that too, and uh, I was like, man, I think he's going to be shocked by how many people message him because I don't, th- I don't think he realizes how many people and like how- Nova Scotia is a really poor province, high taxes, really low average income. Uh, A lot of poverty. So I'm like, I don't realize how many messages. I don't think you realize how many messages he's going to get. And then, like, within like a couple weeks, I remember there was like an, or like a week, there was another message like, guys, like, if I haven't gotten to your message, it's not that I'm ignoring you. There's just so many. If anybody can help, like, message me. And I think some people like joined on board and it was, it was amazing to see, right? You see somebody that does really well in his, uh, his profession and stuff like that give back and try to like do good things
0: for the community you like you got to fucking love it yeah it was awesome it was a you cool tweet I mean? to see around christmas time it was really cool yeah 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 that's awesome well dude we're coming up on an hour here Kay. we're over an hour i appreciate yep. you coming you're the man yeah i, wanna I, come. You I want to come oh man i want to come the... for a training session one day oh, absolutely i'm coming for a training session I've, well i don't want to puke but i want to come yeah i want to I wanna come and we'll figure it out
1: yeah anytime shoot me i'll send you my schedule and you can uh pick a time and, and right. just come in and We'll video it all
0: Yeah yeah We'll bring the camera We'll yeah. bring the mics We'll do it Yeah Alright well man I appreciate right. this Awesome, awesome. Thank uh, you Everyone listening Thank you very much For tuning in uh, It's Thursday Have fun This weekend You're the best
2: Keep supporting us We're out Peace Yo Chief it can't stop me From rapping Can Kenny Can they hop? I spit it through the wire man There's too much stuff On my heart right now man it all right now. It's a life or death situation, man. Y'all yeah y'all don't really understand how I feel right now, man. it's your boy Kanye Tudor, Shut down, what's going on? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I drink a boost for breakfast, an in-show for dessert. Somebody order pancakes, I just sip the scissor. That right there could drive a sane man bizzard. Not to worry, Mr. Ace of the Endos back to Wizard. How do you console my mom? Or give a light support. Telling her son's own life support. And just imagine how my girl feel. On the plane, scared as hell that I guy looked like Emmett Till. She was with me before the deal, she been trying to be mine. She a Delta, so she been throwing that dynasty sign. No use, we. Trying to be lying, I've been trying to be signed, trying to be a millionaire. How I use two lifelines in the same hospital with Biggie Smalls died. The doctor said I had blood clots, but I ain't Jamaican, man. Story on MTV, and I ain't trying to make a band. I swear this right here, history in the making, man. I really apologize to this one right now if it's unclear at all, man. They got my mouth wide shut, like, I don't know, the exactly like six weeks. What if somebody from the shadow was ill, got a deal on the hottest rap label of brown. But he wasn't talking about coke and birth, it was more like spoken word. Except he's really putting it down. And he explained the story about how blacks came from glory and what we need to do in a game. Good, do cool, bad night, right place, wrong time in the blink of an eye. his whole life changed. If you could feel how my face felt, you would know how Mace felt. Thank God I ain't too cool for the safe belt. I swear with a guy, driver 2 on a I got a lawyer for the case to keep us in my safe, safe, my dogs couldn't tell I look like Tom cruise on vanilla sky it was televised, it's been an accident like Geico, they thought I was burnt up like Pepsi did Michael I must got an angel, cause look how death missed his ass, unbreakable which you thought they think me Mr. Glass look back on my life like the ghost of Christmas past, Toys R Us where I used to spend that Christmas cash and I still won't grow up, I'm a i ass kid, swear I should be locked up for stupid that I did, but I'm a champion, so I turn tragedy to triumph. make music that's fire, fit my soul through the wire. You know what I'm saying, when the doctor told me I had a arm, um, I was gonna have to have a plate in my chain. I said, dog, did you realize I am never making it on a plane now? It's bad enough I got all this jewelry on. She can't be serious, man.